to you all. It's Justin Dawson. It's the All Things Techie podcast. And I uh, hope you are all keeping well, keeping safe during this lockdown. And hopefully we're giving you loads of entertainment to listen to from the All Things Techie podcast. This, this is your first time listening to us. Welcome along. Um, we would love if you get involved by sending comments um, and also uh, subscribing to our program. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can subscribe on your favorite uh, podcast store. And it really means a lot to us. And you can also follow us on Twitter, AB Tech Junkies as well. Now, um, we've been recording a load of podcasts um, talking about COVID-19 and the link to 5G. What a conspiracy that is. We're talking with Graham Cookpatrick and Mike Slammer. It is episode number 23. Episode 23 of the All Things Techie podcast. The All Things Techie Podcast is a product of the Extreme Media Network. For advertising and sponsorship opportunities, please visit www.extrememedia.ie. That's X-T-R-E-M-E, media.ie. Where are you driving to, man? Uh, I'm actually going to go and rescue my father-in-law who's broken down. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I just literally connected on my computer and my wife's like, can you go pick my dad up? I was like, what do you mean? Like, he's broken down. I was like, I literally just joined a Zoom call, babe. She's like, oh. I'll do it from the car, that's fine. I love it. I love it. This is this is why we we do this podcast because we don't know what's going to happen next. And last time we had Graham in the car collecting his kids, you know. This time we have Graham. <laughs> hey Justin, not to disappoint. Justin, not to disappoint. Also, to keep the tradition, say hi, Penelope. Hi. You're not going to say hi to Justin. Oh, <laughs> Bless not her. happy, not happy. No one's seen this coming. Blue jeans uh, bought over by Verizon. Yeah, um, you know, I saw that. And um, somebody, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't recall who, but someone made a comment in response. And it was, uh, if blue jeans was so easy to use, how come we haven't heard about any of it until yeah. now? Yeah. So they got bought by Verizon. Cool. Good for them, I guess. Um, it seems to me that Verizon made a snap decision because they very easily could have gone off and made their own product. You know, that, that could have been something they, they could have been working on this whole time. You know, they have the technology, they have the funding, they have the brain power, you know. So, you know, the fact that they didn't create their own product and they just snatched something else up, I think it says something about the future of the way business and telecommunications are going. Yeah, I, I, I honestly believe it's gone past this whole idea of how to, how to do it. I'm still working away on the car. We'll mute him at the moment. Uh, <laughs> but I, I believe, Mike, it's, it's, it's the fact that, yeah, as you mentioned, they could have gone off and done this themselves. Whether they just said, hey, um, blue jeans, I, they got I'm surprised Blue Jeans is actually being priced at that amount. I I just think any time I was ever at ISE, there wasn't that many people involved in looking at Blue Jeans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does everything that it says on the tin, but people and compared to people pushing the Microsoft for Teams, pushing the Skype for business, and now like out of the blue, like 
when yep. when have we ever seen Zoom being talked about at ISC or Infocom, and then all of a sudden, pow, they're supposed to be worth over a couple billion dollars now. Yeah. Uh, but with with that, Mike, do they deserve the slating that they're getting at the moment? Like, some people are saying, well, hold on a minute. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, if you use the product right, you won't have this problem. Right, right. Um, so uh, I saw another another great comment on, on the Twitter feed. Uh, you know, what's what's one of the main things that drive your decisions in business. And uh, one of our colleagues, Chris Nito, responded to empathy. And for me, that was it. That's the, that's the end. That's the end of discussion. Empathy, the human factor. And yeah. that's what Zoom got. That's what Zoom got right, is the human factor. They made it easy. They made it simple. And they went, they went and created a free platform for people to use. It was relatively easy. My dad, who's in his 70s, technologically adversive, you know, doesn't really care to get involved. You know, he's got a computer, he he does his thing, but you know, God bless his soul. I love my dad so much. Um, He, you know, he'll type in the email in the Google search bar to get to his email. Right. right. So it just happens, you know, and and all the training in the world, but I even got my dad to use zoom. Yeah. So now he can join Zoom. We can have face-to-face conversations and he loves it. And it opened up his mind to doing more things and being more engaged in technology. So Zoom, making it that easy, making it as simple as hitting the button, the one-touch experience, that user interface, um, you know, working with your own integrated webcam, your integrated microphone, seamless. I think there's two products that made it seamless. One is Zoom. The other one is Google Meet. The only problem is I think Google slightly missed the boat by locking it inside the Google Cloud. Mm -hmm. It would have made it a bit more separate. As in, oh, do I need, like people started thinking, well, hold on a minute, do I need a Gmail account for this to use it? And then finally figure out, no, actually you don't. Compared to Zoom, like you mentioned, there's nine digits. You know, you type in the meeting ID and you get in. Okay, yeah. now they've, they've restricted it, it further and they've put passwords on it. But people were complaining, going, oh, I've, I've just got Zoom bombed. Yeah, well, if you are the likes of, once again, we talk about politics. If you are the likes of Boris Johnson, and Graham will back me up on this, if you're like the, the likes of... Uh, I'll try and unmute Graham. Can I unmute Graham? Yeah. I'm sorry. We're, we're talking about Boris Johnson, Graham, who actually <laughs> set up a, a meeting with all his par- parliamentary friends and uh, tweeted a screenshot and had the meeting ID at the top of it. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah, you know, like, how, how if you don't want to be Zoom bombed, well, they, no, the we can lock the meeting inside um, the call. <coughs> Usually that comes up with a message saying the meeting room is locked. The screenshot showed that the meeting room wasn't locked. So th- th- there was potential of bars getting boom bombed in that call. Yeah, we've um, NEC Display Solutions, well actually NEC Europe, which is obviously the parent corporation company, 
uh, for all of the Zoom users now, they've uh, enabled uh, enterprise-wide um, passwords and waiting rooms now for non-NEC staff that are joining. So NEC staff can join the meeting straight through. Yeah. Don't have to worry about going into the waiting room, don't have to worry about the passwords. Uh, but if you're joining on a non-NEC address, and that includes uh, my European colleagues in Display Solutions, because they're on a different mail server to us, therefore they have a different email address, which means even though it's an internal Display Solutions call, they would still have to join via a meeting room and via a password. Yet, if I was to have five UK colleagues with me, they could all join without any barriers in place. But you're right, it's... Um, Zoom bombing, um, and I think that's a great phrase because it, it, it can be so misconstrued. <laughs> Zoom bombing, but anyway. Um, but yeah, Zoom bombing is only going to be as prevalent as people are weak in the fact of keeping security and disciplines together when using it. Yeah, like the fact of something grown of such size and caliber in so in such. A short amount of time are going to try and take advantage of it and and the point is zoom has opened up to education quicker than any other platform like you talk about microsoft teams we talked about it uh, in two episodes ago and um, microsoft teams that it's microsoft as seen as microsoft for education and they um they weren't able to hold the pressure they their their systems caved over you know that is the the actual truth of the matter you know um along with the fact that a lot of people use zoom just for the as mike said for the ease of of how to use zoom and just mute graham there for a minute um but the other the other thing uh with with Zoom is I, I was listening to Eric Yuan uh, do uh, Ask Eric Anything um, webinar yesterday and Eric actually turned around and said they are going to start paying hackers to find the flaws in their system, which I don't think Microsoft do with Microsoft Teams now. I could be corrected, Mike. Yeah, no, that that's uh, those are really good points. And uh, you know, one thing that came up in, in my company's discussions regarding security, uh, we did have um, some folks reach out with concerns and, you know, they expressed, you know, I think rightfully so. And, you know, th this goes to what a lot of people, you know, they look at the media and they hear these phrases and they hear the media say the same things over and over. Oh, this person got their 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 meeting or their class hacked and there was porn and there was racist commentary and there was loud noises disruptive so of course people are going to be a little concerned you know and when that came up you know my response was well are you sharing your meeting id with anyone outside the company no okay who's going to be joining your meeting oh just you know some colleagues etc 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 it's like okay well the good thing is we are not a public education company who are sharing our meeting IDs and let's just be real with kids, right? So teenagers, you know, they're, they're stuck at home. They have this new dynamic they have to work through. They're blown off steam and kids are going to be kids, right? So yeah. they're going to do, they're going to be disruptive. And what's one really funny thing to do? 
oh, hey, Jim, I'm going to play some porn in the background while I'm supposed to be taking my math test. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's all it's all internal type of people that's that's doing this, and the universities are are aware that it's internal people that are are doing these ends of things. But you you even mentioned it. You know, it's 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 knowledge. It's knowledge that's key to 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 these problems. Zoom has turned on a load of security features by default now, and even have on their latest update for the for Zoom as the app have an extra security button now i the only reason i didn't up, i updated once and then i rolled back simply because i used the green screen and uh, with my camera and i've admitted that actually listeners and viewers i have a green screen behind me this isn't me on the 10th floor <laughs> overlooking dublin city but what that's crazy no, I never I, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's more that the fact of uh, they actually they turn on the security feature, which by default everyone has to have a password now on their Zoom meetings. As Graham was saying, you can override that as administrator functions as well. But I have seen with a load, like I'm a scout leader as well in my spare time. I've seen a load of scout groups going, "Hey guys, here's our uh, virtual campfire that we're going to do tonight." on Facebook and here's the password. You have just given out the password on social media. What I you might as well not have a password. You know, I, I don't get it. I really don't. Graham, have you anything to add? Graham's closing the door. Graham's turning on the light. <laughs> I I go back to what I said though a minute ago, Justin. It's about disciplines. Um I, I think it's very clear you can see the people that are new to this experience. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, they're making the same mistakes a lot of the time, <clears throat> um, and the, <clears throat> the the challenge now, I guess, really is whether or not people can learn from the mistakes and can evolve with it because this isn't going away. No. Uh, I read a report yesterday on the I think it was SCN magazine, maybe CRM magazine, um, that eighty percent of interviewed workers that currently have an office job are realigning themselves to be positioned further, or sorry, closer to home and further from the office space when COVID-19 finishes, because they believe they're more productive, they need to have trust in employees. But at the end of the day though, if you make simple mistakes, like you said about publishing passwords to Zoom calls, which are supposed to be confidential between intercompany meetings or companies and customers, yeah, that discipline or lack of discipline, I should probably say, mm -hmm is going to end any hopes or aspirations of being able to work away from the office space. At least when you're in the office space, people have got the firewall you control in. I know you've got VPNs, but I mean, people say, don't put your VPN on if you want to use Zoom, because then you're not connecting to another connection, which means you've got more bandwidth down the pipe. And there's lots of people say, which uh, are designed to try and uh, increase the optimum experience, but sometimes obviously by increasing the optimum experience and you're opening the risk as well. And yeah. Like I said, the amount of times I hear people saying, close your VPN down before you join a Zoom call. And I'm like, yeah, really? Okay. <laughs> if you yeah. if you say so. I know. I'm not doing <laughs> that. Saying, but yeah. if you say so. It's like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. No. Or like, I, I've, I've read some uh, security features um, or some people writing blogs going, oh, don't give out your personal uh, meeting ID number while using Zoom. It's like, why not? If you have a password and you have uh, invited a selected people 
you should be able to see straight away before. Now, the one thing that I honestly think Zoom needs to improve on a security feature is if someone is ringing in by phone. Yes. They should be, you should have a feature where once they ring in by phone, you have to either type in your name, use it, using characters or say your name that it automatically when you hear the beep going bing when someone joins the meeting if it actually even computerized said joe blogs has joined this meeting something yeah. to that nature where you know that the caller that's called in uh, has 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 joined the meeting but again oh, yeah go on sorry that's that's a great that's a great thing to bring up and I 100% agree with you that is something that should be worked on. I can't tell you how many times monitoring meetings, you know, with executive directors, a lot of times people will just call in, but they won't mute themselves. They'll put it on speaker and they'll put it on the counter and you can hear the dog barking in the background and it's really hard to 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 get that person's attention. You know, you have to shout out the phone number, be like, "Hey, 4488 who are you? You know, can you please mute your phone? And then it's like, well, what if this is like, you know, an executive director or something, you know, and you just put out your the personal mobile phone number to the executive director. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so, so not only are you giving out your number, but you're, you're, you're also highlighting that you are someone who can't be trusted with technology because you're not using it properly. Right. You know, so you basically outed yourself. And there's so many times people just call in and they just will not hit mute. And you hear everything. Or not only that, Mike, it's they have tried to dial in with their computer and they realize, oh, wait, I don't have a headset and I don't have a microphone. In fact, I'm using the microphone on my laptop. Wait, I can't hear everyone properly. Wait till I just dial in on a separate account with my, or with my mobile phone. And then you have two people in the same call with the same link, yep. and then you're hearing feedback just from one area, one location, yeah. and just trying to explain to people you don't need to be in the call twice. Yep. And, and the, other, the other great, sorry to interrupt there, Mike, the other great one as well, which uh, in the earlier days of this, uh, when people still had the choice between in the office or at home, uh, is where you had multiple people in an open office on the same call as opposed to multiple people going into a meeting room and having one dial in, you'd have like five or six people in maybe, I don't know, 25 meter squared office, all on the same call. And you'd hear it for them talking to you, but then you'd hear it through that laptop, 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 laptop. Yeah. And you get it like six times over, you're like, guys, mute your mics. You're all in the yeah. same room. Echo, yeah. echo, echo, yeah, yeah. Um, the one, the one thing I I loved. You talked about security there, Mike, earlier, and maybe Graham, you might know the answer to this. I I was trying to get this answer from the Zoom webinars on yesterday. They, you can turn on the feature that only allow authenticated users to join your meeting, which means that it can lock, be locked down to a domain. For example, NEC, and you're talking about people inside NEC UK. If you're that they don't have to join the waiting room. Does it have to be one domain? Hmm. You don't know. Yeah, I, I tried to get the answer out of that from Zoom on the, on the call and they, they were inundated. Like they, they had something like over 300 Q&A going on at any, any given time. But it, it's one that if, if any of our listeners know that can you have multiple domains to, to lock it down to? I, I guess... For you, Mike, it's just simply Discovery Channel's domain, and that's it. 
Yeah, yeah, essentially. Um, anyone, technically speaking, if you have the meeting ID and the password, as we've now instituted passwords uh, globally for, for discovery, um, then it doesn't matter if you're an authenticated user or not, you can still join. Mm -hmm. So um, now our, our legal team's kind of pushing on, you know, meeting hosts and a lot of retraining is going on where if I'm on your meeting, Justin, you are in charge of making sure that I'm supposed to be here. Yes. So, you know, as opposed to la, 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 la. Okay, cool. Here's a person who I don't know has just joined la, 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 la. Yeah. Um, now, the other one that I, I noticed on security features that they mentioned that they ha are changing in either in the next update, which could be as soon as this weekend, is that you can se select which location you want your call to be ported through. And hmm. mainland China is being switched off. Um, for Discovery Channel, would, would that prize as an issue for you guys? No. Graham, would it, would it be an issue for NEC of where your calls be imported? Um, I think I think it would be. I mean, we're, 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 we're quite a, a cautious and conservatively uh, conformative company, mm -hmm. naturally. I think most Japanese companies are. I think it's in the culture and in the nature to be that way. Um, like I said earlier in the call, uh, if you take, uh, technically I work for NEC UK Limited because I've got a UK contract. So I'm in the NEC Corporation, Displaced Solutions is in Munich, they're on a different server. Um, so I don't even get access to mutual files. I get access to files that are shared in our cloud platform, but anything which is on a S drive, T drive, I don't get to, I can't get to any of the drives. So um, yeah, and we, we've got multiple splinters of that globally. Right. Not like the Discovery Channel, where it's one company. I mean, I think there's 14 legal registered entities just in our London HQ. Right. So right. And that's probably 14 subdomains of, of other parts of the company as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that they would be very uh, conservative as to where people were. Uh, this is why you have virtual backgrounds, because you might have uh, your daughter join you to, to read bedtime stories to. She's got a proper phone as well, look, on her new iPad case. Oh, <laughs> I like that. I'm trying to teach her how to see how she could dial up on a phone line, and she's like, no, no, nope. no, no, not happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. Um, no, but I want a phone like well, <laughs> Sometimes uh, I get big headies that come into, into my meeting room as well. Uh, Teddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's exactly the way my son Kieran would say Teddy. He's, he's, she's, she's gone off to get her Teddy now, hasn't she, Graham? Yeah. <laughs> she's to get her beautiful now. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that, again, it's going to be down to security. If there's a certain amount of being able to control inbound, outbound traffic correctly, then whether it's hosted in London, it's hosted in Shanghai, hosted in the bottom of the Pacific Rim anywhere, I don't think it really matters as long as the company that owns that has got confidence that it's secure and it's scalable for when the business needs to scale up or scale down. I asked Tim Albright this question earlier on. I, I, I did a under the spotlight with Tim Albright coming up soon on, on All Things Techie. That's another podcast episode. But 
I asked him about Zoom as well. And I have to ask you guys, do you see, oh, someone brought that Teddy in. Oh, I like that Teddy. So, so Boofo has a long story. So uh, she dropped a 46 inch TV on her hand at oh. the age of 21 months old. She had to have seven surgeries. And this was her, this was her, I'm coming home after her first surgery. Oh. Um, so this literally has been through thick and thin with her for the last like three and a half years. Wow. And we, we have to find out. We have to find out how this dropping a TV happened. No. Do we even ask? No. Uh, she was trying to chase the cat. We had a, Justin, do you remember a company called Alpherson Design based out of Manchester? Oh, we had a really nice, um, it's like a set of steps, almost like the side of a pyramid, TV oh, step. Okay. Where like you had your subwoofer, which is generally bigger and deeper at the bottom, and then skybox, etc. Um, which is fine, but you don't expect to have to childproof it for a two-year-old that sees it as a set of steps and as a cat. Well, so she went, she climbed yeah. up it, and the cat was on top of the telly. She went to reach the cat and pulled it, and it was only on a TV stand, but so the whole thing came forward, trapped her hand. And yeah, so well, I, I told him about the cat with her hand. Yes, I'm talking about your hand. So that's how it started. Wow. Well, everyone needs a teddy like that. And like, I, I still have my childhood teddy. But going back to Zoom, do you think that when all this is over, will people, especially educations and schools or people that's got the free license and realized that like okay the 40 minutes limitation has been taken off do you see them staying with zoom as soon as COVID 19 is over that is definitely something to look at uh i think a lot of educational environments will see some value in it i think they will walk away and perhaps even go full throttle and making a purchase and getting you know, authenticated users. If nothing else, it can help cut down on the amount of class time. Um, I'm thinking about, uh, well, maybe the New York City school system isn't the best example, uh, but just in general, I think, you know, cutting down on, on class time in school uh, or maybe opening up, you know, there's so many kids out there with different learning disabilities who, you know, will probably respond to using Zoom rather than being in class. You know, how many, how many kids are, are in classrooms in Ireland or the UK right now? Yeah. Well, the way I described it, Mike, is that this is the new social media. Like we have AB Hangouts where there's one for, that Chris Nito is hosting later on, where everyone can have a beer and chill out. And the last, I think the last AB Hangout there was over a hundred people nearly. You know, this is what is getting people together. And I think it's, Forget Facebook, forget Twitter. Twitter and Facebook, they have their uses. We can jump on a call and we can spend all night long talking here. And the, the actual, I have not seen Zoom buffer out on me at all. I don't, mm. you know, um, you, you need to have the slowest bandwidth for, for it to, to lag in any way, shape or form. Yeah, yeah, seriously. And, you know, even that, we, we do have users who log in and um, I was, our team had to send them hotspots to connect to, to, to utilize. And even over Zoom, or, I'm sorry, even over hotspot, Zoom had no problems connecting. 
-hmm. So it's, how can you walk away from such a powerful tool, you know? Yeah. What do you think, William? Do you think there's going to be a bit of a dropout of users and customers once COVID's over? Inevitable. I'm not sure there's necessary dropouts. I think a lot. I think allegiances might be tested by whoever's going to give the user the most. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about you. Let's say Cisco comes back and says we'll give schools an hour uptime per call. That's yeah. a lesson. If yeah. Zoom stays at 40 minutes and, the, and Cisco gives them the hour. I mean, and it's the same price plan. Schools are going to go with what's beneficial to them and their users. Right. And they may have to recognize that, okay, as part of it, you can only have, I don't know, 50 connections where you've got 100 for Zoom. That's a conversation and choice they have to make. Uh, and I think that's possibly where the battle will go or become about user features and functionality. Um, I do think, however, um, I think there's going to be a natural drop-off. I think there are going to be people that, We'll have to go back to bricks and mortar, desks and spaces. Right. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Where maybe Zoom accounts that they have right now are either deactivated or limited because they'll have access back to room systems or they'll have access back to open huddle spaces, etc. Um, I also think as well that um, the amount of mobile adoption will probably slow down as well when yeah. COVID nineteen is done. Because at the moment, I mean, we have a weekly family quiz. Uh, there's five households, three countries, um, and it's fun. Yeah. But you've got an iPad user and an iPhone user and a PC user, and you can tell the difference by the experience on how they are at the other end. So I think that people will be trying to find that common platform as well where it's uh, either all mobile or all PC-based. Uh, I think that people will try to shy away from interoperability between devices. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's it. And that's where Zoom has come in and been able to do it. All these, like I, I always go back to the Skype mm. example. People don't understand that. Like, hold on a minute, it's not working. Oh wait, yeah, I haven't updated my app, and that's yeah. it's not working. You know, or I've forgotten my password or whatnot. Compared to with Zoom, it just works. It seamlessly works. Um, I, 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 sorry to interrupt. I, I, um, I mentioned it on the um, lunch, breakfast, dinner, brown bag call with David Danto last week. Um, last, so that would be on the Wednesday, so the Tuesday, last Tuesday, I had my first conversation with an AV consultant that had been asked to give an alternative plan for a new space on how much it would cost for a company to supply the same desk chair, computer, microphone, camera, and external display to every user and allow them to have home office with broadband to what it would be per square footage for them to stay in an office in central London. Wow. And like, like is that, has the results actually been published? Oh, I, have, I have asked for them though. I'd love well, to, I, I, won't, I will obviously respect the discretion and not mention who the consultant are, who their user yeah. are, but I was like, but when they phone you up and say, yeah, I need 2,400 desktops, you're like, for what? And they try to explain it to you, you're like, oh, okay. Well, I actually believe that will come in cheaper. It has to. Because, like, I, you, you probably know Jared Ewart. Uh, yeah, I know Jared. Yeah, and Jared and I had a similar conversation uh, even before COVID happened, or maybe just the week after COVID happened. And he said, no, 
just realize that like working remotely like how much does it cost even to have one of these rent and office spaces in dublin city you're talking about thirty thousand per annum easily you know to, to have something like that versus this you know and per, per square foot you know like i'm this office here yeah it does look like I'm I'm overlooking Dublin City here, listeners, but this is a box bedroom of my house, which is my office, which I've been doing all my work from um, throughout this COVID-19 crisis. You know? Likewise. I, I've been off this week. I've decorated in here. Yeah. I mean, if I if I was to zoom out because I'm on a Hudley Go, I mean, that's a an eave ceiling. There's a sofa there, which she's now sat on. The door you can see. All I've done, my desk was in that corner, but I wanted... I deliberately have gone for a topaz teal, so I can use it as a green screen if I want to. Yeah. Um, which isn't too dissimilar to the color that Mike's got behind him, I see. But yeah. Um, so yeah, and it, the the but I'm I have the luxury of having a space that I can make a dedicated office. When COVID nineteen is finished and you're trying to broker multi million pound deals, people seeing your kitchen cupboards in the background is that going to be acceptable in a year's time? Yeah, it's acceptable now because everyone's had to panic, everyone's had to maneuver, everyone's had to get mobile quickly so they can continue to function. In a year's time, it's been able to see like your, your cat jumping up to try and get his water bowl, which is on the side. Is that going to be acceptable to people in the call? I don't. I'd like to hope so. I'd like well, to I, I think, think I think to, I think things have to change after this square. It you know, like pe people, the air is clearer. You know noise pollution is down you can hear birds singing again you yep. look at yosemite national park there's bears walking around yosemite national park there's fish again. in venice again for the first it's time in like 70 years yeah you know this has to be good for the system this has to be good for the environment and this has to be good people are saying about mental health yeah mental health because people aren't seeing their family and being able to give other family members a hug or even Cousins playing with cousins, kids playing with kids on the street. That's the problem. Okay. But yeah. as for work-life environment, you know, being able to work from home, if possible, should be an option. It, you know, it's saving. And I, I believe, if anything, for both of you, I believe that it's going to be hot deaths in a lot of places now. And should you have to go in, they're saving on space. Mm -hmm. I, I, apart from the times where you're on in a higher ed university capacity, you go, and I, I just think like there's times even when out of term where I'm it, on campus and I think, my God, I just love to know the actual figures of keeping a campus of this size and caliber mm -hmm. open. You know, like all the restaurants might be closed across campus, you know, um, but you would still have lights going on in all the major buildings and then cleaners walking around and you say, whoa, this must be costing a fortune, you know? So it's, it's so interesting to hear you guys say that. Um, yesterday, uh, our, our HR team sent out a survey uh, company-wide and the survey was really just kind of taking a temperature, I felt like. Um, one of the questions, for example, was, uh, how do you feel um, the company has, how, how, how do you feel that the company has prepared you for working from home? 
you know, then, you know, it's a list of like, you know, different situations, like, you know, are you enjoying Zoom? Is Microsoft Office working? You know, how's the suite? What's your connection like? And it's just taking a temperature. And the next question was uh, all about how you felt about working from home. So, you know, it, it ran you through a whole bunch of different scenarios. How do you feel about not having to commute? How do you feel about, you know, maybe sleeping in a little bit or getting to bed earlier? Um, and then the next question was, you know, how often, or um, sorry, I'm trying to remember the exact wording, but how often do you feel you need to be in the office? And I was like, you know, four out of five days a week, three out of five days a week. So I kind of got the impression that discovery was kind of taking the temperature of how people feel about working from home. Because as you just said, we're moving to, you know, hot desking or keyword agile work environment, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not even going to have enough desks to fulfill every single employee if they came to work every single day. Yes. So now that we're forced to work from home, so many employees are starting to reevaluate and say, well, what do I need to work from home? How can I make this work for me? Because moving, you know, we were supposed to move June 1, you know, an entire workforce into a brand new building on June 1. Not happening, no okay. longer. But a lot of people were coming up and saying, how are we going to do this? I have a desk. I come to my desk every day. This is where I get my coffee. I have a locker. This is where I do all my editing. This is where I do my production. But now I'm not going to have that anymore. Now I'm going to be forced to work agile. So, you know, cue COVID-19 and guess what? You're working agile no matter what. You've got no choice. Were they renting this space, Mike? Or is this a fully built new building for? This is a brand new, brand new building. Uh, construction what? got halted um, a few weeks ago. Uh, and it won't reopen for quite well, a long time. Like that. There's the question. You know, you say they might be thinking now, well, do we actually need all this space? Do we, you know, like we, we've gone past the stage. I always believe, and putting my old media degree hat on is we've gone past the stage of saying we don't need a studio to broadcast. Our, our state broadcasters, you know, it, and even our radio stations, like I only found out recently that one of the national uh, radio stations here at Today FM, one of the presenters um, is only living like about four kilometers up the road from me, you know, but has the equipment at home, you know, dialing into the, well, I use the word dialing, but on broadband yeah. into, the, into the system and she's able yeah. to enter the program, you know, and that's going out on FM across Ireland. You know, yeah. we, the technology has changed. They, why, why need to be in a studio and, um, if, if you don't need to be, you know, yeah. all our TV programs. It, it is weird though. Like we do have, uh, well, I say we, as in the UK have, uh, I just have to claim Ireland in the UK. The UK have uh, programs like Graham Norton. They have mm -hmm. Anton Deck, Saturday Night Live. But it's weird without an audience, isn't it, Graham? It is, it is. And I was just about to uh, comment to Mike's piece as well, actually, that um, as a conversation that came up with a couple of my colleagues last week, is it agile working that we're in now or is it enforced working? Because yeah. at the moment, yeah. I have no choice but to work where I'm at. Agile mm -hmm. gives me the ability to work anywhere I need to, whether it be from an airport lounge, a train, 
or anything like that. And like you said, I can use a mobile phone for a hotspot, mm -hmm. I can use my home broadband, whatever the cases are. But um, but you're right, uh, just to now tie those two conversations together, it's about the environment now. Yeah. And I think the environment's going to dictate a lot of what people do. I mean, if you are, I don't know, you're a CEO of a company, you've got young twins, for argument's sake, that you know are feeding or waking every two hours, and the expectation is that the nanny's going to need, like, to be using this and you've got the background that's never going to work so the guy's going to have to find somewhere else or the lady's going to have to find somewhere else um or it might be the fact that you've got i don't know a one-bedroom flat you might be in a shared in a shared house I, I don't know the cases are i think the environment's going to dictate a lot of what people can do when we come out of covid19 mm -hmm. um I, I also think as well and it certainly is a challenge that i know that um friends and colleagues have experienced is going to be making sure that they have the the tools and i don't want to say the equipment but i'll say the tools to work from home they have a chair mm -hmm. they have a desk they have a, a quiet space they have somewhere to store stuff like i mean when i moved around so i mean my bookcase is here now i've got my Vixa course material I've, I've got somewhere to put my business cards it's not just thrown in the only space i mean i've actually sorted it out now now like i said i'm in a privileged position that I've converted this small bedroom, similar to you, Justin, into an office. But I, I'm in that. I'm in a different position. I, I choose to live 90 kilometers, no, sorry, 90 miles from my office, so that I can afford a bigger house for the same money as what I pay if I was living near London. So yeah. that's a decision I make. But that comes with consequence. Like you said, I don't have to get up at 4 a.m. in the morning if I'm working from home. I don't yeah. get home at 8 o'clock at night. I can sit down and have dinner with my family, like I have done tonight. Um, but the, the whole tides for me, and it really has woken me up. And Justin, we, we, I briefly explained to you. I mean, my wife's a key worker. She still gets in a car, goes to work, interacts with people all day, every day, comes home, baths in case she, I mean, she doesn't know what, she, what who she's coming in contact with. Um, yeah. In fact, she found out what we're at now, Friday. She found out Tuesday night, and she was supposed to be in work Wednesday morning, that the road immediately next to her. They had 10 cases found last week in a care home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And my wife's like, do I really know when I'm going to work? Yeah. 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 So I think the environment is going to speak a lot. Yeah, I really do. But I also think as well that you, you'll get people that are forced back to the office space. I genuinely believe people will be forced back to the office space for one reason or the other. No, you're 100% right. And real quick, I want to touch on the fact, uh, one word you said, which kind of lit me up a little bit, was uh, privilege. You know, we are absolutely privileged to be able to work where we are, you know, at home, mm -hmm. choose to go to an office. Uh, you know, I do a lot of on-site support. Yep. So, you know, not, I would say 75% of my job is in an office. Um, you know, but being able to work from home, having the tools and the equipment, um, you know, being able to work for companies, work for ourselves and set ourselves up for success. You know, that is a privileged position that a lot of people around the world simply will never get to have for all varying reasons. Yeah. So, you know, it, I don't know about you guys, but I know for myself, it's always important for me to keep that in mind. And I like to reach out to my friends, make sure they have the tools and equipment they need. Uh, when we do our virtual happy hours at night, you know, it, it's not just educating them how to use Zoom, but, you know, general chat and conversation around technology and what type of careers are we in 
and oh. that will that can work from home that can utilize remote work support what type of careers come with benefits and real quick i got reached out to today via a contract recruiting agency trying to get me to a four contract hire job and it's like in this day and age, in this environment, you want me to go on contract? You want me to yeah. leave my job with benefits? Yes. You looked at my LinkedIn profile. You know where I work. Mm -hmm. You know, what makes you think I'm going to want to leave this to go for a six-month contract? Are you crazy? Yeah, and, and exactly. And who, who would go on a contract basis now? Or even, even if someone's trying to recruit you, and this goes for any job, not even audiovisual, I think a probationary period even at this stage should not even be allowed uh, on the basis of, well, hold on a minute, we're going through COVID-19 here. You know, mm -hmm. anyone that wants to change job does not want to be put on a probation. Yeah. At time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you guys in, in the UK and the EU, you know, your, your healthcare is not tied to your employment like us Americans are. So, yes. you know, where our job is really, really demands and uh, uh, puts all the qualifiers around the rest of your life. Absolutely. So yeah. you, your job, you are leaving your life. That's well, how it's set up here, you know? I, I totally agree, Mike. But uh, where I see, you just going back to, even you talking about office spaces and discovery building new yeah. places. Graham talking about distance of travel. Yeah, I, I, I can relate, Graham. I do a sim, well, not maybe not that many uh, mileage. I, I, don't, I know it in kilometers. I was driving 100 kilometers a day in and out of work. I don't know what that equivalates to in miles. But it's, it's more the fact I believe that post-COVID-19, there's so much room for all these hot desk workplaces or free spaces. I don't know what the exact word and terminology is where you can just rent a space. So in other words, anyone could be working in these office spaces as hot desks. I think a lot of more companies are going to adapt to that and just go, hold on a minute. If people are living too far out, you know, we don't have to pay for the broadband we just hope that this third party place will have up to speed desks connections have your telephone line have your um your video conferencing rooms whatever the case may be and they that means that it might and like i say a lot of businesses will st start summing up well do we have a set place set building or do we allow people to have that opportunity to either one work from home or be go to our, your nearest office space and connect in. I think there's mm. room for it. I think there's big room for it. Yeah, I, I think the <coughs> excuse me. I think one of the other key um, one of the key indexes as well out of COVID nineteen, which I think a lot of companies are going to have to. Uh, we, we discussed it. I think on the last one, Justin, if I remember correctly is there's got to also be a change in mindset from the top down, not from the bottom up. Yes. Because most of your executives are going to be 50 years plus. They were in the office at the 18. This is new to them because they, their executives are still tied to the office 
because they've got to be seen as being the heartbeat of the company that's going on. Yeah. There has to be a change in their natural mindset. It really does. I mean, even if they turn around and say, we're going to take one day a week working from home, yeah. just one day a week, and they start to feel and reap the benefits of it, it becomes easier for them to understand and flex the benefits to the business. If they don't, if the mindset can't be changed and the executives down, the company will continue to make the same lack of traction and the same mistakes when it comes to building office spaces, wasting space. I mean, I look at uh, a company I used to work for. We had like seven, I'm trying to remember, like 7,000 square foot as the sales space for 13 desks. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we ended up having round tables just to make it look like we had a meeting room, but there was no walls. Yeah. So you were never going to be a confidential meeting. It was just that people used to sit there and chin, chin wag over a quote or look at some designs where it didn't matter if it could be open space. But um, <clears throat> I think disciplines and mindsets are going to be one of the biggest factors that need to change post COVID 19. Well, do you know what I, I also found even more comfortable is I've had meetings with management now virtually and i feel that i it's i feel that i'm being listened to better simply because we're in a virtual call if that makes sense you know there's less distractions you know i'm having a meeting one-to-one with my line manager or whoever the case may be and simply because now okay everyone's has kids at home or whatever the case may be but it was early hours of the morning the kids were doing something else and i was able to just rat out what I need it done with with the man. And Justin, may I just interject on that? So that, that's a really, really key point in the way that I have tried to change the discipline of people that I speak to frequently. So I make sure every call I have is in my calendar so that my phone yep. is tied up to the fact that do not disturb because I'm in a meeting. Yep. So people can't call me and it rings. It just hits the do not disturb. It goes straight to the voicemail. So this can be sat facing here, and it's on charge right now. Um, and okay, I see social media posts coming through. But if anybody calls me, it goes to voicemail because the calls are now. As long as the call doesn't overrun past the allotted time slot I've had, I'm okay. Yeah. But fundamentally, I use my calendar system religiously now. What's that, Princess? Check my iPad. It's just twenty percent. <laughs> it's good. Um, so I, I use I, I now use my calendar system completely religiously because I know that it helps me become more disciplined and it stops me with distractions other than this one uh, <laughs> from, from external influences. But also I try to get colleagues to say now, because uh, with video you've become ever present, I think is a polite way of saying it. I don't want to see readily available because I think we've always been readily available. We just choose whether or not we want to take ready available, but we're ever present on video because people can just dial you. So I'm like, have a look at the video first. If there's a red icon or a red camera on me, I'm busy. Again, good practices, Graham. Yeah. You know, and this this is where people that aren't familiar with video conferencing or virtual meeting environments should be learning these tools. You know, red light means I'm busy. You know, and integrate it with your Google Calendar, integrate it with your calendar, whatever calendar you use. You know, um, like again. And between using Zoom and using platforms like Slack and whatever, like do, I'm, I'm guessing, Mike, that 
you guys use some type of platform to know where everyone is, what everyone's doing when they're working from home or even working. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, you know, and 90% of it is all sort of Zoom. Uh, we're, right. We've okay. moved away from, well, we're moving away from Skype. Uh, but, you know, Zoom chat has kind of replaced Skype. And, uh, you know, a lot of business units do use Slack uh, globally. So there's constant, there's constant ways to get in touch with each other, you know, short of a phone call, you know, and it's a no brainer. Um, you know, like, like Graham was saying, you know, he, he has the do not disturb set up, you know, linked to his phone and the calendar, which is, which is brilliant. Um, you know, and I, I've been saying early on from the outset of this, uh, you know, being zoom oriented and these video conferencing there's also this you know, and this could be a cultural thing too but when you're in the office everyone knows you're working you're busy you're doing stuff you know you're there anyone could pop in at any time and grab you but your attention might be a little a little wonky you know if you're sitting in a if we were all in a conference room right now you know we could be talking oh, face to face yeah, but, you know, I might be, I, I might have three other projects going on and I might be, you know, checking it out and being like, oh, hey, you know, hold on one second, guys, I got to take this, you know, yeah. but on Zoom meetings, a lot of people are just, no, I'm in this meeting, we're having a conversation, I'm talking to you guys, you're talking to me, I don't need my phone because what's happening on my phone is also happening on my computer, yeah, you know, absolutely. So, you know, I, I think distraction level and the need to be more focused and the need to kind of prove to others that you're focusing, yeah. it plays a key role. Now, I have an issue with people that don't use, don't use video or video calls, though. <laughs> I have a real issue with people that. I really do. I, um, Tell me more. Tell me more. I, I, I don't make anything of it. I just, I'm just like, guys, it's a video call. I want to see you guys. Like, yeah, but I'm wearing a t-shirt. I haven't put a shirt on in five weeks now. Yep. And uh, do you know what? I, I'm, I'm starting to trend, and I'm going to bring it up in Chris Nito's uh, AV drinks later on. Uh, I was saying it, it earlier on to Tim that I think, now, luckily enough, Graham, you probably uh, have decided to, to go bald at an early stage. Yeah, well, you know, this is a mop of hair, right? Yeah, I was say, so is Mike. And, and Mike, yeah, you know what? I, I think we should start doing it like, as this goes on, you know, who can come out with the craziest hairstyle or <laughs> just shave it all off or, you know, I, like, I'm, I'm thinking of just doing the whole egghead now, like just go with the, take the beard off as well and just go egghead as, as these weeks go on and just let it all grow back. Can I, can I give you two bits of advice on that, Justin? I'm serious, two bits of advice if you decide to do that. Mm -hmm. the, the first bit of advice I would suggest to you is if you're going to do it, make sure you have got plenty of baby lotion. Oh, yeah. I'd say because so. that, 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 first, that first couple of times you do that, you're going to, because you've got so much natural oil protecting your head. Yeah. So you just spray it that way, your head is going to be sore for the first couple of times. Yeah. I had exactly I, the same. It's either that or it's blade one or something like that, or just. Yeah, I mean, if you if you're gonna go big like this, yeah, uh, then be prepared to have to moisturize. I they yeah. take the piss out of me at work because I I'm, I openly admit I moisturize. I shave, <laughs> I moisturize every day because if I don't, this gets sore. Yeah, it's so really important. Sore. Graham is so on the money with that. I use cocoa butter personally. 
Okay. And it feels great. It yes. smells nice. It's so good. Um, it's yeah. Yeah. What I, what I would recommend is definitely, you know, take a trimmer, you know, no guard or anything, just take it all the way down, see how it feels for a little bit. And if you decide you want to go the full Bic, yeah. you know, just remember gentle pressure, gentle pressure, yeah. and don't be afraid. There's not a lot of protection up there. So if you get a little cut, it's going to bleed, but it's okay. It bleeds <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I, I, I could imagine. Yeah, yeah. And, no. and what Mike said was the second thing I was going to say, start short. So, like, if you're thinking about it, maybe go to, like, a three first and go, <laughs> actually, I want to go shorter. And try and – because if you just go straight off, you have got nowhere to go. Yeah, you yeah. You've got to put up with that until it grows back. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'm just trying to we're all just listening to this. Yep. That's me being told off that I'm spending too much time on Zoom and I'm supposed to go. Oh. <laughs> Before we let you go, we, yes. I, was asking, I was asking Mike about this. Um, Blue Jeans being bored over by Verizon. What's that? Is that a stupid move to take on? Zoom? Oh, no, I need that torch. Sorry, say again, sorry, Justin. Blue Jeans being taken over by Verizon. Is yeah, I see that yesterday. Is that a competition to Zoom? Is, is this going to be a big... I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I mean... I think that they, they, if they're going to do it, they, they come in too late. I, I, I think it's... I mean, th that, th this is a, that's a second such like merger in as many weeks because was it uh, T-Mobile and AT&T merged like oh, 15 right. days ago maybe? T-Mobile and Sprint, yeah. That's it. So, yeah. I mean, I, I I think Verizon needed something to stay with the other big carriers. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have a hosted platform. That's basically what they bought from BlueJeans. I mean, BlueJeans themselves don't have a, a truly dedicated enterprise platform. They bring everybody together in a mix-and-match environment. Yeah. So I think the Verizon, I, I think they're probably... I think they want to think they can compete now. Yeah. Uh, the truth of it is, they're not the video carrier. They're just the, they are they're the virtual space now. They're, I mean, their their competition is going to be like I said, Sprint and uh, T-Mobile, maybe BT. I mean, let's not forget BT is still the biggest telecoms company in the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's who that's who their competition are. I think Zoom. Well, we know. I don't think we we know Zoom's competition is Microsoft. Yeah, Microsoft's competition in Zoom. I don't. I mean, I don't even hear people talking about Cisco in those conversations anymore. Or the latest one that Google has decided to let tell all employees that they shouldn't be using Zoom. Yeah, Google it has told all their employees that they're not supposed to use Zoom. Hmm, I wonder what platform they could use instead. Yeah. Gee. Uh, I wonder. Yeah. Uh, before this is the last one, and then we're going to let Graham put his kids to bed. But uh, guys. What what do you make out of uh, the absolutely speculation that's going on? I know in England especially, five um, G and linked with COVID nineteen and mass like I, there was two mass in um, in the west of Ireland that were destroyed, like put on fire, destroyed. Um, so to, to start with, I have to be really careful what I say because only see one of the co-owners of the technology. Wow. Okay. So, um, but 
I mean, should we start talking about conspiracy theories about Building 7 in 9-11 again? As yep. to the fact that the CIA yeah. and the reserve vault for the whole of America and like all that money. It, do you know what? I, people would always have an opinion, whether it's based on facts, science, or fiction. And if they can get enough people to believe their opinions, people will start thinking it's the truth. Yeah. I mean, I had this very conversation over <laughs> talking about communication platforms. Here we go. I had this very same conversation over Snapchat with my 17 year old son on Sunday. <laughs> I woke up to the fact that, yeah, you've seen 5G causing all this blah, blah, blah with like COVID-19. I'm like, where do you read this stuff? <laughs> yeah. I must have sent him 70, 80 links. I just like one link after another, just saying this is dispelled. All the social media platforms are being told to move to shut this down because it's fake news. Well, Graham, I mean, I see we, we shouldn't also forget as well, Justin. I mean, 5G hasn't just popped up in January and COVID-19 came in February. Exactly. 5G's been in test routes since like 2015. Mm -hmm. it's, it's four or five years old maturity in some parts around the world. The only thing that's not actually linked to it, what, is it because they've just turned all the antennas on? Yeah. Give me not a break. The only videos that I have seen though, Graham, is which I said, well, how are they fake? If, if these are fake, how are they faking it? And it was a load of birds dropping from the sky uh, around hospitals and places that had masks. And I'm thinking to myself, is this just the fact that someone's made a video to conspire against it? Like, can it affect animals? I don't know. You know, but it's definitely not COVID-19 related. That's... The, the only the only uh, article I've read which really made me sit back and think there might be something is that um, in the timelines of viruses to technology, uh, and I can't remember which way around it was now. Was it maybe SARS was within a year of 3G going and then it was bird flu within a year of like 4G going and now, I mean, you had somebody who's written it from a science point of view, but tried to flex the truth as far as it can before it snaps. Yeah. And I, I just, they have to, they have to realize that these companies spend billions, if not tens of billions of dollars on research monthly. They mm -hmm. have so many red tapes, executive bodies, uh, authentications, encryptions that have to jump through before they're even allowed to say, we can sell this, let alone turn it on. Uh, right. I mean, they are 10, 15 years in the making before anybody ever hears about it. If it was that bad, we would never have heard about it. It would have been shut down years ago. Yeah. My and not only that, but, you know, correlation does not equal causation. No. You know, like, you know, you can draw graphs between anything and start saying this equals this, but that's not the case. And we all know that. Furthermore, if we're going to talk about now, let's look at 150 years ago when electricity first came on, you know, people wrote, like there's all kinds of stories about what people thought electricity was doing. And that's where a lot of these horror stories come from. I mean, look at Mary Shelley's Frankenstein.
Yep. You know, that came as a result of electricity being turned on. It's a fantasy, it's a fantasy story, you know, and, you know, there's a lot of allegories that can be taken from that. But, you know, the steam engine, trains, I saw there, there's, a, there's a little meme going around, you know, that a lot of women are posting. And it's like, well, remember when trains first came out, you know, everyone said, women, don't ride trains because your uterus will fall out. It's like, <laughs> what? yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on. <laughs> People are, are crazy all over the place. And the craziest always rises to the top, right? Now, because yeah. the most fantastical stuff is the stuff that people are going to latch on to because it piques our interest. Now, the UK had some mass destroyed. Ireland has had some 5G mass destroyed. Have you heard of any being destroyed in the States? Oh, man. Honestly, there's Trump just powers through and takes every single headline that i'm sure it's happened but we just haven't yeah but, ah there we are that, 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 that's a good way to, to end up you know especially when you you decide that you want to do a press release to talk about COVID 19 and then just decide to have a video to talk about yourself you know that right. yeah and, and a, t a timeline that actually missed a month and was when questioned about it um was told it was fake news. No, it was a question. Like it's an honest question. What happened to a month of uh, January in in your timeline? Yeah. 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 Well, I I know that um there's there's been some protesting going on this week from uh, some of the more dull knives in the drawer, if you will, and they're just out in the streets blocking traffic and you know. Uh, on the news, I saw a doctor had actually gone out and like pleaded with all the protesters, like, please move, please move. Like you're out in front of the hospital, you know, emergency vehicles need to get through, you know, and these people are just out protesting saying COVID-19 is a hoax. It's a hoax. It's all made up. It's all fake news, you know, but here, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are dying around the world. You know, the death toll is only going to get bigger yeah. and, you know, people are just mincing words and trying to point to some type of partisanship or some you know 5g technology or whatever yeah i mean and, and mike there's a great point you just said that i mean if people actually were to make this as a correlation of deaths around the world i mean why are people not and by the way i don't want to draw comparisons i need to make that very, very clear before i start with what i'm about to say why why are people not made comparisons to a technology to say cancer yeah which is still one of the biggest killers globally yeah. still today outweighs the number of deaths that COVID-19 has, has claimed. I mean, I've lost friends, family, loved ones. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that illness, that disease is ruthless. It will pick anybody, any gender, any creed, any age, any time. It does not care. It, it doesn't have a selection process. I mean, the fact that when COVID-19 was first uh, an implosion when it's like, okay, people are going to have underlying health issues. It's going to be mm -hmm. 70 year old plus. I mean, I don't think those guidelines were probably based on, well, not, I don't think I'm, I'm fairly certain those guidelines weren't based on anything metric or measured because they hadn't had enough time to measure it. Nope. They were based purely on stipulation of assuming that because they're going after the respiratory system, people with underlying health issues of people with 70 years plus other people that are most liable or likely to be contracted mm -hmm. that illness. They have they would have based on facts. They wouldn't have had the facts yeah. unless it was gonna say it happened in Hubei or it happened in Wuhan and that's what we're basing the facts on. That that would have been the only way they could have done it. And I mean I sit there and see um 
Boris Johnson and the chief science officer and the chief medical officer of the UK saying, yeah, we may have a vaccination like in six to nine months. And then I hear Donald Trump saying we'll have 100,000 of them in like six weeks. Yeah. Like, what, 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 what does he know? No. What is he doing that the rest of the world has no idea about? Meanwhile, like, Wuhan the... don't have vaccinations and they've been clear of it. Meanwhile, cutting off the funding to the WHO, like, obviously, they, they, they have uh, special scientists that have, have solved, like, the whole world, and they're going to keep them in America, and only America is going to have the, the cure. Well, well, you know, as I said earlier, you know, healthcare, you know, the costs is just astronomical over here, and uh, there, there's a lot of, you know, we can, we can talk about this all day and get into it. But there, there's one underlying factor that I believe is driving a lot of this. Um, you know, I think, I think Trump is probably going to make some money off of whoever makes that vaccine first, right? He's and he's probably right. Already, already making money off this hydroxychlorine thing, which all these doctors who are in Trump's camp keep talking about, talking about, talking about. It's selling, so they're all making money off of it. It's it's hard to it's hard to, to look at this situation and you know that human factor that empathy you know that boom started with the human factor you know and to just go in and say oh okay of course our government's going to take care of us they're the government they have to and then you look at the things they're saying you look at where those wheels are turning and what they're pointing to and then you realize you know what no they're not they're not thinking human first they're thinking money first yeah we're looking at how do we reopen the economy yeah. who cares about the economy right now yeah yeah exactly yeah on that note guys i thank you once again for joining us uh, we have covered 5g uh, yeah it's all a myth and stop turning down the mask because we do want to have fast broadband as we work from home. We also have discussed Zoom and the fact that people are still going to stay with Zoom. I think we've all agreed to that and just use security properly. Um, and who knows, I might end up like Graham in a couple of weeks' time with a, a bald head and, and Mike as well. Do it. Yeah, do, do it, it, Justin. Do it. It's pretty liberating, I promise you. I, either that or just do a, a crazy mohawk or something like that. Yeah, mohawk. And, and there you go. Mohawk and then dye the Irish national colours. There you go. For the next podcast. The All Things Techie Podcast is a product of the Extreme Media Network. For advertising and sponsorship opportunities, please visit www.extrememedia.ie. That's X-T-R-E-M-E media.ie.